Once I stood in the night with my head bowed low in the darkness as black as could be. And my heart felt alone, and I cried, Oh Lord, don't hide your face from me. Hold my hand all the way, every hour, every day, from here to the great palace so tall with great riches to call my home but I don't know a thing in this whole wide world that's worse than being alone hold my hand all the way evangelist uh, Pete Cavanaugh and uh, he is up helping us with our building this past week and even into the next few days and uh, boy I thought to myself you know he's here he might as well preach isn't it now listen this this guy he preaches around the country and uh, boy you get a an asset like that in your church and hanging around I figure why not put him to work and I tell you the work he's doing at the building is uh, amazing to be frank with you he's extremely talented but the work that God's going to use him to do here today is life-changing. There's a difference. And, you know, and, and I appreciate his willingness to help us with the physical things, but he was very, very willing to help us with the spiritual things, and I appreciate that more than anything. This is eternal work that's being done today. And, you know, the truth is we don't need a new building to do the work of God. We don't need that. 
and do the work of God right where we're at, and we've been doing that, but a building is a tool. And so this past week, he's been able to help us with preparing the tools so that we can go out and be maybe even more effective than we've been. But this morning, he's going to be doing the work of God, which uh, is eternal. And I pray you'll open your heart today and you'll allow the Lord to speak to you and let uh, Brother Kavanaugh be a blessing to you. I'm looking forward to what the Lord's put on his heart. Brother, won't you come? I'm glad. Oh, you just took me off, didn't you, brother? Okay. I'm glad to call him uh, my friend. And I've gotten to know him here recently in uh, the last couple of years. And boy, he's a blessing to me. And for sure, the honor is definitely mine, and I appreciate the privilege to be here this morning, Genesis chapter 4. And uh, just in case you're wondering, I can assure you I didn't come up to see my family or my brother, that's for sure. It was for Pastor O'Donnell, and, um, <laughs> and, and I too have enjoyed, uh, I, I don't get to see him that often, but occasionally at camp and uh, some of the conferences there at Northwest. Uh, that's my home church. Uh, again, for those that don't know me, my name is Peter Cavanaugh. I'm an evangelist out of Northwest Bible Baptist Church in Elgin, Illinois. But I have always enjoyed the fellowship for sure when pastor comes up and uh, we just get to see each other for a, a few moments. And I enjoy it very much and I, I do appreciate it. Thank you, pastor, for this opportunity this morning. Genesis chapter 4, we're going to read a few verses uh, this morning and then we'll get into the, the, the message Genesis chapter 4, verse number 1. Would you stand with me while we read it this morning, if you're able to? Genesis chapter 4. And I'm going to loosen up this necktie here. You know, it's a, it's a hard thing to admit. You might have to go up another size, right? <laughs> and so I've been fighting it. And uh, the week before last, I actually preached. And, boy, it was tight. And I didn't mess with it. And I know it looks a little sloppy, so I ask your forgiveness for that. But uh, my voice was gone about five minutes into the service, and it just, it just went on me. So if you'll forgive me this morning, I'll just get comfortable, all right? <laughs> Genesis chapter 4, verse number 1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time... It came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment 
is greater than I can bear. For a few moments this morning, I'd like to preach a message entitled, Acceptable Offerings to God. Let's pray. Father, again, it is a privilege to be in your house. Lord, it's a wonderful privilege to preach your word. And Lord, I ask right now that as I've prepared the message that you've given me, that you would just take these notes, Lord, and move them out of, your, out of the way, Lord, and may your Holy Spirit have free reign. May your Holy Spirit work in each and every one of our lives. Lord, may you bind the strong man now so you can move freely amongst us, Lord, and may we not leave the same as we came in this morning. May you stir us and change us, Lord, and motivate us to further serve you and be faithful to you. And we'll give you all the praise and the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Chapter number 4, verse number 7, our text verse this morning. The Bible says, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. I believe for sure in this day and age, whether it's a small desire or a great desire, every one of us has a desire to be accepted. We all want to be accepted. And some people uh, have their priorities in order for sure, and they uh, don't care about it so much what people think in certain areas of their life. But for others in this world today, and I think very accurately we could say thousands, even millions, their sole purpose on this earth is just to be accepted by those around them. They live their life to be accepted by those around them. But sadly... That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the people around me accept me or not. It, it matters if God accepts me. It's a desire to be accepted in this day and age by maybe friends or families, by uh, organizations and churches, and uh, hey, for sure, even social media in this day and age. People want to be accepted. And that desire to be accepted has destroyed marriages. Husbands have left their wives. Wives have left their husbands because they don't feel accepted or maybe someone else in this world accepts them more, if you will. It's broken up families. It, not too long ago, maybe you've heard about the single parent who wanted to be accepted by her current boyfriend and the boyfriend didn't like the two kids that she already had. And because she wanted to be accepted by that man, strapped her two kids in the back of their, uh, the car seats there and pushed the car into the lake and killed the two children. Why? Because she wanted to be accepted. Not too long ago in Baltimore, Maryland, a young man wanted to be accepted by a gang, and because of that, he planned and plotted and executed the rape and murder of a 16-year-old girl. Listen, the desire to be accepted in this day and age has caused young boys and girls to get their body mutilated with tattoos and piercings because they have the desire to be accepted. And they're willing to try anything to feel that few moments of satisfaction to be accepted. And here in our passage this morning, because Cain was not accepted by God, it ultimately led to the murder of his own brother. How do you get to that point, you may say? What causes someone, because of that rejection that they face, to get to the point where they would murder their brother? Listen, let me just make a couple points here this morning before we get into the message. The moment we start looking around for the acceptance of people, 
rather than the acceptance of God, we're headed down a dangerous path. And down that path, if we start to go down that path, there are no limits or boundaries or moral guidelines if you choose to be accepted by people. You're capable of doing anything. But God here promises us in verse number 7, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And it seems so simple on the, surf- and on the surface, but so many of us struggle with just that first line of, Hey, doing well. Just doing well. Doing right. Being obedient. And in this, in this life, boy, we, we will have many opportunities, many decisions, if you will, that we'll make. And we'll make those each and every day. You'll notice in verse number 3, that statement there, it says, and in process of time. In process of time. We all go through that stage. Process of time. And uh, you'll see there that Cain brought an offering and Abel brought an offering. Now, they were making a conscious decision in the process of time. They got to the point in their life where they were making their own decisions. They were doing, if you will, what they wanted to do. One chose to do what God wanted. The other chose what he wanted. And it was an unacceptable offering. And I want to this morning, by way of maybe even introduction, just get into this thing. There are three areas I believe that we need to be so careful that we bring to God acceptable offerings. And the first area is the area of salvation. The area of salvation. You see, this morning, there's only one thing you can bring to God that will save you. All around the world this morning, there are people gathering, there are churches assembling, and they are all relying on different things. Some may be work, some may be their attendance to church, some may be their giving. But God's not going to accept that for their salvation. God's not going to take that for their salvation. There's only one way that we can be saved. Uh, I love Romans 3 verse 28. It says, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. There's only one thing we can bring to God for our salvation. And hey, listen, that's by putting all of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. Well, you say, oh, you know, that's narrow-minded. That's pretty hard. Won't God? God is love, right? No. Listen, God's not going to change his word for any one of us. God's not going to change his word for any one of us. And in Acts 4, verse 12, he says, hey, there's none other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. And that's the name of Jesus. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We only can enter into heaven and the only uh, sacrifice that God accepts for the payment of sin was his son, Jesus Christ. And that's it. There's no other way. Hey, you, you can work at it. You can try to fulfill the deeds of the law. You can give. Hey, you can serve in the church. They're all good things. But they won't get you to heaven. The only way to heaven is by complete faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Well, I love some of the hymns that are written about Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. 
Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Hey, uh, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Hey, well, he says, I'd rather have Jesus than anything. I'd rather have Jesus. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. Hey, do you get the point this morning? The only thing that God will accept for salvation is the sacrifice of Jesus, his son, and our faith and trust in him. So many people, hey, I, I love the, the, the passage in Matthew 25 when God gives his, uh, the, the, the parable of the talents there. And God gives his talents to those servants. And that final servant, that boy just buried it in the ground, he said, I knew that thou wast a hard man. A hard man. Some, some of us here this morning need to wrap our minds. That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. And listen, if we're trying by any other way to get into heaven except through Jesus Christ, he's not going to excuse us. He's not going to say, oh, you know what? Well, you were faithful to church for 25, 30 years. You gave every Sunday. Okay, I'll let you in. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Hey, he, he's the creator. He's the Lord of heaven uh, for any one of us. Boy, we, we have rules in our own homes, right? You're not just going to come in and break in through the window and get into my house. You're not going to come in through the door unless I let you in, right? Why do we think that we can get into heaven any other way except for the way that God has given us? It's not going to work. The only way into heaven is Jesus. Hey, an acceptable offering to God is calling on him and putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation. And as Pastor said just a moment ago, that's where it starts. Salvation. We get, then we have to leave the world behind us. Not only acceptable offering in, in salvation, but, hey, acceptable offering as service to God. An acceptable offering as service to God. You see there that they made conscious decisions in our passage of Scripture. And Cain brought what he wanted, or did what he wanted, and Abel did what God wanted. Now listen, when we become uh, children of Jesus Christ, it's not for us to then sit back and say, okay, I'm saved, I'm born again, I know I'm going to heaven, now I'm going to serve God the way I want. No. We have to serve God in an acceptable way. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, uh, listen to this. Service doesn't demand sacrifice, just obedience. Service doesn't demand sacrifice, just obedience. Now, it's a wonderful stage when we get to that area of sacrifice. But hey, to serve God, it doesn't demand sacrifice. Just obey Him. Just obey Him. Just obey God's Word. Quit trying to do things the way you want to do them, the way you think is right. That's what Cain said. You know what? I'm going to bring God an offering too. I believe in God. But he did it his way. He did it the way he wanted. And God says, I, I got no respect for that. I don't accept that offering. Hey, if we're going to serve God, we have to do it His way. And the part of acceptable service to God is this thing of spiritual growth. Yeah. 
Boy, we have to grow. Uh, it's been a, a wonderful experience to me if I can just testify for a few moments. Our, we have one boy, he's a year old. And it's every, every week, maybe every couple weeks, something is changing about him. Something new is happening. You know, he, he came out of there and he just laid there and ate. That was the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight, ten weeks, I don't know. He just laid there and ate. Then he started moving and rolling over and then he started crawling a little bit and now he's walking and now he's well almost has his sprint down he's just hey but he's growing he's growing and within a year he's went from that uh, baby that was just laying there to almost running within one year now it, it's not a it's not a hard leap to relate that spiritually hey what how's our growth how's our spiritual growth Oh, I've only been saved for a year. Are, are, you, are, are you reasoning or are you just giving an excuse for why you're not where you should be? Hey, and listen, when that baby doesn't grow like you should, well, the parents get concerned and uh, immediately we want to take them to the doctor and they're going to test them and, uh, to do this test and that test and find out what's wrong. And yet when we're struggling spiritually and we go to the man of God, he says, well, how's your Bible reading? Well, I don't do that that often. How's your prayer life? Hey, how about your soul winning? Your service to God. Well, no wonder why you're not growing, because you're not serving God. You're not being obedient to God's word. Hey, in the process of time, we have to grow up and make those decisions. In our passage, it wasn't Adam and Eve that were deciding for the sons. It was Cain and Abel. And each and every one of us will decide for ourselves in this area of service. Uh, oh, at 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. Hey, it, it starts with milk. That's the start. If so, uh, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Hey, we have to grow. We have to grow. We're not to be just this stagnant Christian. 20 years ago we got saved and we've been faithful to church. That's not spiritual growth. That's not spiritual growth. What are we doing? How are we growing each and every day? Hebrews 5 verse 12. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers... For when for the time ye ought to be teachers. Hey, uh, and I believe there he's talking to those, that those people that had, had gathered week after week and heard him preach. And he's saying, hey, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, why aren't you growing? Why aren't you getting to the next level? At one point in time you were just a, a listener. But now you ought to be a teacher. You should be telling someone else. Uh, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become as such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. You see, it goes from milk to the meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and and evil. Notice that last part of that verse. We're to grow to the point in our lives where we discern good and evil 
according to the Bible for our lives. It's not the parent's responsibility. It's not the pastor's responsibility. It's my responsibility to know what the Bible says and to obey it. Uh, I think too often we put it on, uh, on the pastor or on the evangelist or on the youth pastor or assistant pastor or even mom and dad. Hey, Josiah, uh, over there in the uh, book of Kings, he was eight years old. And he did that which was right in the sight of God. Well, why do we have full-grown adult Christians that don't even know what's right in the sight of God? Hey, because we're not growing. We're not growing. Spiritual growth. Hey, teachers, soul winners, servants. Hey, uh, why isn't it? Why isn't it? Boy, I love the passage in the Old Testament where they had to tell them, hey, we have too much. We have too many helpers. We have too much money, too many servants. Some of you all got to go home. Wouldn't that be nice there over at the building? Too much help. Who wants the night off? Brother Steve probably raised his hand for that one. But hey, we have to grow. We have to grow. Hey, the Christian life is not over at salvation. Isaiah 1 verse 17 says, learn to do well. Learn. Find out what the Word of God says. Why is it so many uh, Christians, and, and boy, the, the pastors occasionally, they'll, they'll talk to me as I travel the country, and uh, they'll, they'll have some folks, and hey, you know what, I'm, I'm not preaching standards or anything this morning. I'm just preaching the Word of God. And they have some folks, well, well, pastor, can I do this? What's the Bible say? Well, can I wear this? Well, what's the Bible say? Can I go here? Can I say this? What? You don't have God's word? We can't grow? Hey, and we push that responsibility on maybe uh, not, not our peers, but the adults around us or our pastor. Hey, it's my responsibility to learn to do well. It's my responsibility to grow. And then when things don't go our way, what do we do? Well, we get upset at pastor. We get upset at God. Well, it's their, it's their fault. They said this and uh, No. Hey, I love what 1 Corinthians 14.20 says. It says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. Did you hear that? 1 Corinthians 14 verse 20. Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. Boy, we have that reversed in this day and age. Uh, things don't go our way or we don't understand the situation. The first thing we want to do is get revenge. Boy, we want to tear them up and we're going to hit the social media and uh, just, just vent in front of a computer screen. That's being a child in malice. That's being a child in understanding. And the Word of God says, hey, be a man. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Learn to do well. Find out what is acceptable service to God and do it. Don't rely. Hey, don't rely. There's a pastor that's for sure here to help you and for sure to help you along the way. But why don't you rely on God's word? Why don't you follow God's word? Why don't you obey God's word for your life? And he'll lead us. Hey, uh, be children in under uh, be be not children in understanding, but children 
in malice. Learn to do well. Hey, look at verse number 5 there. The Bible says, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Well, that's some Christians today. They're just, they're just head down, doom and gloom. They're upset at the world. Hey, they're, they're, they're angry. They're looking to get revenge at somebody. Why? Because they weren't willing to obey God's word. And that's what happened to Cain. He said, you know what? I, I know what I should do. Just a chapter before, God kicked them out of the garden because they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And because they ate, the responsibility was now put on mankind to discern right and wrong. They knew what they were supposed to do. Cain knew what was right, but he chose to do what he wanted to do. Hey, we have to grow. We have to grow in this area of service to God. Hey, well, obviously there's opportunities around here in the building program to serve, but hey, what about our soul winning? What about our soul winning? What about telling others about Jesus Christ? We say, well, there, there's plenty of folks around here to do it, and pastor, he's got his staff. No, it's our responsibility to grow spiritually to the point where we're telling others about Jesus Christ. And, and if nothing else, just pulling out a tract and handing it out. Uh, I think of this story there. Uh, this young man, he lived on the coast, and occasionally when some storms would come, it'd just stir up the bottom of the ocean there, and it'd, it'd wash hundreds and thousands of of starfish onto the shore there. And after those storms, he would just walk down the beach and, and pick up some of those starfish. In a few hours, they'd be dead from not being in the water, and he'd just throw them back in. And one day, he's out there doing that, and a, an older gentleman comes up to him and says, yeah, why do you do that? What's, what's the point? He says, oh, I just, I just enjoy it. You know, I just take a walk and you know, get one or two and throw them back in, and three or four and throw them back in. And he says, well, it doesn't matter because there's thousands of them. And boy, there, aren't there thousands of souls to win? Thousands, millions. Of, what are we up to? Seven, seven point something billion people in the world? And that may seem overwhelming at times, but the young man bent down and picked up and the, that older man said to him, he said, well, there's just no point. It's just not worth it. It's a waste of time. And that younger man there just held up that starfish and said, well, it matters to this one. And threw him back in the ocean. And that's all it's about. It matters to that one, to that one that each of us can reach and get out and, and change their life, who otherwise would perish and go to hell, except for us. Hey, this area of service, we need to grow up, grow up. Not only that, in closing this morning, submission to God. Acceptable offerings to God. First of all, salvation, service, and submission to God. Look at verse number 6. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? Hey, God gave him an opportunity to get right. It was an opportunity for Cain. God came to him and said, Hey, what's going on? Why, why are you upset? Just do well, and I'll accept you. And he said, you know what? I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to submit to God. 
And that led to the murder of his brother. But, but listen now, so many people uh, in this day and age and uh, the, the age of tolerance that we live in, they, we want things just to, to slip by and to, to pass by. But you know what? God gave him an opportunity, but he didn't compromise. He said, hey, this is the offering I require. This is the offering that you gave. And now's an opportunity to get it right. Submission to God. Submission to God's ways. Submission to, to God's will. Submission to what God wants for his life. Whatever it is, hey, God's not going to change. All he's going to do is give us opportunities to get in line with him. To submit to him. In Malachi 3, 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. He's not going to comp- Hey, go ahead. Go ahead, bring that unacceptable offering. God's not going to change. God's not going to change his word. Go ahead, uh, wear that or say this or uh, dress like that or watch those movies and, and look at those things. Go ahead. God's not going to change his word. God's not going to compromise. We have but to submit to God for what he has for our lives. Quit doing what we want to do and just get it right. Just get it right. Just say, you know what? This doesn't line up with God's word. I'm going to submit to God's word. This isn't what he wants me to do or where he wants me to go. And God gave him an opportunity to get right. Hey, get right when God convicts. Get right. Don't push that aside. Don't push it till another service. Don't push it till later. You may not have that opportunity. And then you may find yourself in a position that Cain was saying, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Hey, when we choose not to submit to God, we start to go down that road where there's, there's no warnings, there's no moral guidelines, there's no standards, and at the end of it, our punishment is greater than we can bear. And it's hard. In the process of time, God's going to notice some things in our life that need to be fixed. In the process of time, in the process of preaching, in the process of reading God's word, he's going to point some things out in our life that need to be fixed. And it's up to us to submit to him, to submit to God and get those things right. Or too often, Jeremiah talks about, but they obeyed not, neither inclined their ear, but made their necks stiff that they might not hear nor receive instruction. And we st- when we start to resist and that pride sets in, it gets harder and harder for us to submit to God's word. But a submission to God is an acceptable offering. That humbling of our lives, that brokenness of God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be accepted by you. And 1 Timothy 4 verse 2 tells us that, boy, in the latter days, many, some will depart from the faith. Because they've given heed to the world, to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. How do you get to that point where your conscience is seared and you can no longer tell the difference between good and bad, good and evil? It's because we won't submit to God. We won't submit to God. Our text verse there, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Hey, who do we want to be accepted by today? That's right. Amen. Do we want to be accepted by the world? 
Do we want to be accepted by uh, friends and family and those around us? Or do we want to be accepted by God? Do we want to have, have first of all, that salvation? You've got to get that settled. A service to God. An acceptable submission to God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. Thank you for your word.